And here we go, here we go! Raider Nation. Raider Nation. Welcome to the Silver and Black Hack Podcast. Your home for the most real Raiders takes, predictive stats, and advanced analytics. We bleed silver and black. Here are your hosts, Raider Heart and Raspy Raider. What is up, Raider Nation? Welcome back to the Silver and Black Hack Podcast. I am your host, Raider Hart. And guys, here we go. Wild Card Weekend. Still not quite used to saying that, but it sure does feel good. And in this Wild Card Edition, Raspy Raider and I are going to break down the Raiders' chances at Cincinnati. We're going to talk about, well, a lot of talk about the weather right now. So we're going to take a look at that. We know about the weather forecast, but who does the advantage really go to when we're talking about the cold weather and who does it really hurt more between the two teams? Have some surprising thoughts on that. And also, we're going to take a look at probably one of the key matchups. It's always one of the key matchups when you're talking about quarterbacks, but we're going to look at Joe Burrow versus Gus Bradley's cover three single hide safety scheme and some very, very concerning and important numbers with regard to that. And of course, guys, it's a preview show, so we will be doing the Ask Raspy. We had some very good playoff edition questions for Ask Raspy today, and we're also going to give you our playoff predictions, guys. It's quite simple. Do the Raiders win and survive onto the divisional round, or is it going to be one and done for the Raiders in the wild card round? But before we get to any of that, guys, it's not too late. It's not too late to join the discussion. You know, just because it's the playoffs and we're entering the last leg of the season here, guys, that doesn't mean that the that we're entering the, the last wing of, of the discussion. So jump on board. You can find us on a numerous social media platforms, you know, led by Twitter. Uh, Raider Twitter has been pretty lit, and you guys can pretty much guess because of the playoffs. We've had a lot of nice discussion I enjoyed speaking with a lot of you guys through the game, you know, tweeting through the game, uh, that tense game against the Chargers. So you can find us on there. Give us your questions for if you're, you know, sort of preemptively expecting a Raiders win, you can talk about the Titans or whoever we may match up with. If you have questions about the offseason, coaching, rumors, coordinators, anything you guys want, hit us up on social media, at Twitter, at Silver underscore Hack. You can also find us on Facebook. We got some really good questions again from Facebook. So you can hit us up there as well. And you can find us for some of you more business savvy cats that find your your content, your podcast on LinkedIn. You can get us there too, guys. So uh, no excuses. Uh, share, subscribe, join the discussion, leave your comments, leave your questions. And you can also, for the, you know, the, the portion of Raider Nation that, kind of prefers to kick back and just sort of listen to the to the discussion, listen to the content. You can find us on just about all the major pot, podcast platforms, guys. You can find us on Spotify, Stitcher, iTunes, uh, Google Pods, Apple Pods. We're just about everywhere, guys. So make sure to like, share, and subscribe. Hey, when you're watching the game with your Raider family and friends, buddies, whoever it may be this weekend, the playoff game, just, you know, during a timeout, drop them a line, guys. When you want to kind of 
if you guys want to check out the best post-game rap show that's going to clean this game up and, and, you know, tie up all the loose ends the best, kind of steer them our way. Give them the information to uh, to subscribe to the Silver and Black Hack podcast where we welcome everybody in Raider Nation. And uh, speaking of Raider Nation, I'm going to bring in the best co-host in Raider Nation Who's uh, I'm sure he's putting his playoff face on right now, getting ready for this thing. Playoff Raspy is is joining us here. Playoff Raspy, where are you at, man? You were texting me earlier about how weird and exciting it feels just to see the Raiders wild card playoff weekend commercials on ESPN, and I'm with you, man. It still feels kind of surreal, doesn't it? There is no doubt that it does, man. What is up, nation, baby? We are in there. Let's go get it, man. Could not, could not be more excited about where we are right now. And uh, and really, not a lot of pressure, man. Heart kind of wanted to, man. We got here. This is what we wanted. We said it ourselves. You get us to the playoffs, man. After all the turmoil, after just you know the year. Up and down, starting fast, finishing last. We're here, man. The pressure is not on us. We are not playing at home. We are not Cincinnati, who hasn't had a playoff win and since long before Andy Dalton. I mean, they were they were living in the playoffs, but never could get a win. So, nation, just happy to hear uh, Hearts' enthusiasm, man. And I know nation is is spewing it too, man. This is just. And I did, I did hit him up because I thought it was crazy. It's like you, you hear Wild Card Weekend, you know, I'm listening to the radio, they're talking about Wild Card Weekend, you know, and it's like the Las Vegas Raiders against the Cincinnati Bengals on Saturday. It's like it's good to hear our name in that. You know, normally it's like you're hearing somebody else's name and wishing you were there, especially the last four years. And uh, that's just not the case, folks. We're in there. We uh, And I think we're formidable. I I think for, if anybody thinks that we don't have a chance in this game, you're outside of your mind, man. So just happy to be a part of it, happy we're in it, happy to be here talking silver and black hack with all of gutsy, tough, never fair weather Raider fans, man. Love y'all. Let's get into it. It's crazy how many people accuse certain Raider fans of being – Fair weather. Guys, this is only the second time that we've made the playoffs in 20 years. We're freaking out because we're seeing Raider playoff commercials because it's only happened twice since 02. So there are no fair weather fans. We have all earned this in Raider Nation. There is no more deserving fan base in all of sports than Raider Nation this weekend. And, you know, the, the question now becomes, because I agree, we are playing with house money now. Speak to me a year from now when when the Raiders are back in the playoffs. I'm going to have a different viewpoint on the house money. But this year, with everything that's gone on, with all the stuff that the Raiders have overcome, and the way that they earned it down the stretch winning, to me, they've already won four playoff games just to get here. So I I do want – now, let's be very clear. I want the Raiders to win this game, and I'm going to be rooting my heart out for that to happen. But, you know, there is no pressure on the Raiders, in my opinion, as well. I agree with Raspy on that. And so the question becomes, if there is no pressure on the Raiders and they they are sort of playing, to use a Vegas sort of pun there, they are playing with house money, the question then becomes, well, how do they get the win against Cincinnati, a very red-hot Cincinnati team 
at home, rested. You know, they didn't play their starters a week ago. So let's start getting into that, guys. You know, from from my perspective and from Raspi's perspective, what do the Raiders have to do? What do the Raiders have to avoid to give themselves a chance to pull off the upset and move on to the divisional playoff round? And, and Raspi, when I look at this thing, this isn't necessarily in order either, Raspi. This isn't like a in order from most important to least or anything. It's just sort of these are the things that I've identified, and I'd like to hear the things that you've identified that the Raiders have to do and not do, uh, if that makes any sense, to, to, to win this game. For me, I'm going to start with, you know, this, this newfound Raiders running attack, Raspy. If that shows up, and I'm talking from the perspective of the offensive line, not just Josh Jacobs, but from the offensive line, you know, Jacobs is basically second in the league in, in rushing over this this stretch, this must-win stretch that they've had to win these games. And he's also in the top three in so many other critical metrics that, that I look at, you know, um, win rate or success rate, sorry, uh, rush success rate, EPA per rush, yards per carry. And the offensive line has matched them down the stretch with the much more physical – I'm not sure. I haven't looked at the film. I'm not sure, Raspi, if they've changed up blocking schemes towards the end of the season, but there's a different attitude where there wasn't any rush lanes early in the season. Suddenly, we're finding them. And, and Raspi, I don't know if there's been any bigger example of that than if you look at the difference between the first Charger game versus the second Charger game where Jacobs gets the 124 or the 130-plus yards. Um What's your take on that? Can the Raiders win this game if the run game goes away? Because if you look at the first matchup, they did hold Jacobs to less than 50 yards, but both Jacobs and Drake averaged over four yards per carry. We just, it was one of those games where we got away from it for, for whatever reason, when, you know, back when Slickback was, was kind of known for that, getting away from the run game when it was working. What's your take on the run game? Can we run on the Bengals? And if not, do we have any chance of winning without it? Well, one, yes, we can. We can run on the Bengals, man. This defense, I'm going to give them credit, man. They're they're one of those kind of bend but don't break defenses, but they can be pushed around too. I mean, this, yes. this, this defense has given up over 27 points a game. <laughs> you know, and I get it. They, they're flying high. They're scoring a lot of points on offense. Man, as opposed to our defense giving up 22. So it, they they can be pushed around. This is all about a game, man. And if we can dictate the run game from the jump, man, you can push. You can put guys and push guys back a little bit and get them on their heels instead of being on their toes. And uh, it and for me, it starts with just a fast start, man. You got to start fast. I mean, I know you. Single game, but man, this this offense can run you right out of there. You have to start fast, and you have to score touchdowns. You know, we're working on this red zone stuff, but it is still a problem. And I don't mean to harp on stuff or be a buzzkill, but this has got to continue to get better, man. If we want to try to make any type of a push through this game, let alone anywhere further, you know what I'm saying? Right, but so can if you think we can run on these guys, 
Oh, absolutely. No, I absolutely I think we can. I think we can do I think we can dictate and do I I really do. I really do, especially with the way the O line's been playing and the push that we've been getting. Like you said, I don't know quite what it is other than these guys just maybe will and want to to try to and you know, you're seeing growth in these young guys too. So but yeah, absolutely. Sorry, I kind of derailed there, but but yeah, absolutely we can we can run the ball on these guys. And we gotta do it early, you know. So but if if they if we somehow or for some reason can't run the ball, can they still win this game on the road, man? I mean, you, you know what a playoff environment. We haven't played in a playoff right. NFL environment, obviously, but we've been watching it since we were, you know, since you know Moses was a pup out there. So we've seen it. We know the difference as fans. You know, we 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 get a sense of the difference. Can the Raiders win in a hostile playoff environment? That's no doubt going to be excited to see the Bengals back with another chance at the playoffs. You know, is it is it a run or die situation or? No, absolutely not. No, absolutely not. And I, I believe another week of Waller being instilled in the system is just going to make Carr that much more comfortable and probably Waller himself because he, he needs to be comfortable and he needs, you know, there was there was a couple of balls that were missed his way. He needs to have a better, you know, a bigger impact and he needs to have a better day. There's no doubt. But Carr as well. So I'm hoping that, you know, through week, you know, Carter, man, Carter loves him some Waller. We already know that, all of us. So, you know, I'm sure that week, this week, they were working on that and trying to get better at that. That's a way to really exploit this defense. But no, I don't think it's it's all or nothing. I don't think it's run or die. But I would just, I want nothing more than for us to just because I think we can we can score on these guys. Like I said, they they they're not they're not some stifling defense that's going to hold you to you know fifteen points contrary to earlier in the season. We let that game get ugly for no good reason, and at one point that game was sixteen to fourteen. And in the, the wheels quarter, so, midway through know, the fourth quarter. You know what I'm saying? And, and a lot of it was because we had turned the ball over, and we just were not being opportunistic on offense whatsoever. Our defense everything they could do to keep us in that game and gave us every chance to be able to be in position to win that game. So I don't blame the defense at all, and I feel comfortable with them going out there, even against this high-powered dynamic duo, you know, between Burrow and Chase. You know, you can throw Mixon in there to help on the back end, but we all know where it's at, man. It's that big play, and I love where our defense can can hang tough against that and – Hard threw me some stats, man, where it sounds like we're the only defense to kind of go and slow chase down at all, but it, it does bode well for us. I do trust Hayward back there, and I trust the system with the way we've down and stifled that big play. So, yeah, and I, I, I think our offense can score at a clip too. So we just got to go get it, man, however that looks. You know what I mean? But I think if it did turn into a, you know, a passing game, then we could feast there too, man. I mean, Mahomes didn't have that. Mahomes didn't have much trouble slicing up that defense the other week either. So but I don't know. I, I don't know about comparing this passing game to the Chiefs at all. I, I just and the no, weather. I'm not, yeah, I'm not just saying. I just feel like I feel like with the progression that we had last week, our our receivers playing better, and we both we both noted that. I just I I think we're just primed and ready, man. I just I think. For me, I just want to balance the tack, and I think that's the best thing for Carr, and that's our best chance is 
is to just stay balanced, man, and and to keep it moving. But if we have to go one way or the other, then man, hell, here it is. This is the time, man. So we got to figure it out. But I don't think we're gonna roll over if we can't run. Is what I'm trying to say. I think it is critical. This is one time that we have a rare disagreement at this point in the show. I just haven't seen, and, and I'm a car guy, you know, as everybody knows that, that listens. I just have never seen car, to, you know, direct a passing game in those type of conditions that would win it if it becomes a shootout. I would love to be the first person to be wrong, but I'm not saying that Jacobs has to run for, you know, 190 yards and become Earl Campbell or something like that out there or else anything short of that we lose. But I don't know if this is a game where, where Jacobs can come out there and, you know, be held to less than 50 yards or something like that. If Derek Carr has to drop back 45 or 50 times in this game, I do think that could be a problem. And you mentioned the fact that the we need to get off to a fast start. It, it's, it's even more important against the Bengals because they get off to slow starts. They're one of the slowest uh, starting teams in the NFL this season. But it's, it's all that much more important against the Bengals because they're one of the most explosive and high-scoring teams in the second half. And we got a taste of that against the Chargers, guys, because everybody's talking about, well, what happened to the Raiders' defense in the fourth quarter? What happened? Why? Well, what happened is the Chargers this season were the highest, the second highest scoring. They were the highest scoring team in the fourth quarter this season, and they were the second highest scoring team in the fourth quarter in NFL history. So that's what happened. And, and if you're not careful, this, a similar thing could happen in the second half against the Bengals. But I do think that the Raiders, given the, given the weather, it's that much more important to be balanced. And, and going to the weather, Raspy, we, we all know the the weather report, right? You know, they're talking about the, the kickoff, the temperatures are going to be. I've seen some reports say low 20s, Raspy. Uh, others say low 30s, high 20s, low 30s, somewhere in that range. You know, Derek Carr's history in the cold, 0 for 5 we, we, when in, in games where the, the starting temperature was under 37. I think this is going to – everybody expects this game to fall into that that category. Where are you at with the Raiders in the cold, specifically Derek Carr in the cold? First off, it's crazy to think he's only played five games and degrees in his career, but – um, yeah, no, it's scary, man. We talked about it. I think I just talked about it a few weeks back about how Carr's, you know, performance has kind of changed like the weather, you know, in the previous few years before this one. But that's where it's because I'm not going to put that on him anymore. He is he has shown to go to some places where it was a little chilly and go and handle his business and finish strong. So I'm just hoping we can continue to break some of those tendencies. But but yeah, and, and that's more of the reason why I think it's it's got to be a balanced attack because, you know, I guess the more I think about it, if you can't run, yeah, it gets super dicey. And I can see where you're coming from there because you're going to be in, in, you know, inclement weather. It's cold. It's hard to catch balls. It's hard to stay fresh, hard to, hard to stay warm and just keep your extremities, you know, loose like you need to be able to have when you're out there playing ball, especially catching balls deep and hard throwing balls. I mean, it's, it's – these guys just have to adapt, man. They're going to have to figure it out. Does it make me a little nervous? Yes, but I'm also just – as much as I've been hard on car, and we all know this, I, I, I just want to see him go 
another, you know, form of his identity, man. Go win a cold weather game, man. Go handle your business, dude, and and continue to shut some of the critics up. Like I said, including myself. But we've seen it. It's been it's been rough in the cold, man. And I'm sure there's a lot of them that are real close to the 37 barrier we're talking about. But he just hasn't played well in cold games, and he's a California kid, so we're gonna need him to. You know, him and Aaron Rodgers have been real, real snuggly lately. So maybe uh, Aaron Rodgers can throw some of that, you know, Wisconsin shiver over here to us and let Carr get through a cold game and go get us a dub. Well, Aaron Rodgers is a California kid, too. So you see how yeah. he's been able to thrive in the tundra. And, you know, Brett Favre's from Mississippi where it doesn't get cold either, obviously. And he, he, it, it is a mindset to a certain degree. But, you know, Derek Carr really can't. If you go out and win a cold weather playoff game, then that stat goes away forever. Because I, I you know, come say next year, say you know that the 2022 regular season Raspy next year, they go on the road someplace and it's a cold weather game, and somebody brings up, well, Derek Carr's only one in five. I'm gonna say he won a playoff game. I don't care. It's done. If he can win a playoff game in those conditions, he can win any regular season game in those conditions. So he really can't erase that from his from his resume with this with this uh, game here, with getting a win. It doesn't even have to be pretty. Just get the win. Well, but that's I what I'm to... saying. That's what I'm saying. It's like, damn all the cold weather nonsense, bro. You go win this game and make up for six losses in the cold. It just doesn't matter anymore. If you can win in the playoffs on the road, obviously, it doesn't get that cold in Vegas. So if, if, if you're on the road and you can win in somebody else's building with winner go home stakes and it's cold, then I don't care about, you know, November 15th and later on or whatever next year. It just doesn't it, – it's not going to be a concern for me anymore. And and it wouldn't be for him either. What a confidence builder. That just goes away. And he's made a lot of other things go away this year that people question him on. But, Raspy, I have another question about this, though. Everybody keeps talking about the cold weather with Derek Carr's record. And, and with those numbers, we understand why. But – Given how these two teams are built right now, not coming into the season, but right now as they're playing tomorrow when they play the game, you know, the Raiders are kind of built more. They're, they're more of a defense, run the football. Derek Carr makes some throws when you have to. It's the Bengals that, to me, when I look at them with their reliance on the, the explosive plays, the deep balls from Burrow to Chase – from Burrow to Tate and everything else that goes on with their high-flying attack, why did why aren't more people questioning whether or not this this weather conditions how conducive is it to that type of an offense? Raspy, doesn't it? Isn't there isn't there a scenario where the the, the weather conditions actually favor the Raiders and hurt the Bengals more? Well, absolutely, man. What a great take, Hart. I mean, what's the uh, answer to bad weather? Run the ball. It's been like that since the dawn of time in football. So you make a very valid point, man. I mean, you know what? 25 is with a sloppy field, loose footing. That's not conducive to a high-flying offense, which is what this Bengals team kind of depends on, you know, with Jamar Chase and Higgins and these boys and, and pushing the ball deep with Burrow. I mean, you make a very, very valid point, man. And I do like the – the smash mouth thought of that, that, hey, man, you know, we've been running the ball good. We've been playing good defense. What better 
what better answer for you know a team in the cold? <laughs> I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I I totally agree. I think you're spot on, man. And you know what? With our ability to kind of cover, kind of cover up that big play, not take the top off the defense type pop, you know, from offenses, we've done really well with that. So. I like our chances, man. I and I think a lot of it is what people are talking about is because it's the Raiders, man. They hate on us. I ain't sitting here being you know whiny little weenie or nothing. They hate on us, bro. Everybody was so bummed out that the Chargers didn't go, and what a letdown to the NFL that you know you couldn't see Justin Herbert play. I get that he's a, he's a young dynamic quarterback, and that's great. But he had an opportunity, and he lost to us. So let him continue to. And you just think that there's no way in hell that the Raiders would beat the Chargers, which we did. There's no way in hell that the Raiders will beat the Bengals, which we're going to. So let them keep talking. And yeah, I said it. Yeah, it doesn't bother me because when you haven't won, when this is when we're surprised to see Raider playoff commercials, knowing full well for almost a week now that they won the game and they're in, I really can't hate on the national media. There's a lot to hate on the national sports media for. They are they have gotten lazier than ever with their takes, with their you can just tell that half the teams that are not even watching, including the Raiders. But that's what happens when this is your second wild card appearance in 20 well, years with no division I or playoff that. victories. So I get that, but how can you disregard what we've done the last and what we did on the national stand? You know what I mean? It's like they still want to disregard that and somehow think that it's it's all Brandon Staley. It's like, do you realize that that still would have only ended in a tie? It's like it's like they take that win away from us. So it's like it's fine, whatever. I'm used to it. This is what they do. And like you said, this is kind of a culmination of how we've been over the last twenty plus years. So I get it, but. Don't forget who's in the playoffs and who's not. You know what I mean. So we're gonna, we're gonna see, man. I just I would love nothing more than just to shock America again, man. Let's go get it. Well, we play better when we're not the the favorites, when we're not the darlings, anyway. And look, hey, to keep it real, I'm a Derek Carr guy, guys, but I'm gonna keep it 100. If I was a New York Giants fan or an Atlanta Falcons fan or something, I probably would would have wanted to see Herbert in the playoffs over Carr, too, because of the exciting way that he's playing. I mean, he had 5,000 yards and over 30 touchdowns, and, and we kept that out of the playoffs. But I'm not a Giants or, or a, or a um, Falcons fan. I'm a Raider fan. So, And the Raiders play better when, when, when we don't have the, the pressure of expectations. That's going to have to change if the Raiders are going to ever do anything and sustain this. But as of right now, I'm okay with that. And I'm also okay, Raspy, with the way Max Crosby in the defensive line is playing right now, man. And that's that's my next key here. When I look at this matchup, I don't know if there's a bigger potential mismatch for the Raiders, you know, advantage Raiders, so to speak. Could be some mismatches big time for the Bengals that favor them. But when I look at this, I don't know that there's another situation or another area where the Raiders may have a bigger mismatch potential than Max Crosby, uh, Ngakwe, and, and company. Wish we had Darius Phylon in this one big time, boy, but unfortunately we don't. Hope he is a uh, knee re- recovery is already off to the best start possible. But the, the Bengals offensive line raspy is not the best. It, it's not the worst, but it's average at best, I'd say. 
And the Raiders' defensive line is above average, no question right now. And the way that they're playing, the way that they played down the stretch, and especially against the Chargers, I would say that it's a really – right now they're playing like a borderline elite defensive line. Max Crosby, you know, in the first matchup against the Bengals, had his best day. In ter- if, you, if you look at pass rush win rate, Raspy at 61.5%. And – how impressive was that for, for Max Crosby Nation? Well, his second best day in terms of – he was number one in pass rush win rate the whole season, number one. But his second best day after the 61.5 against the Bengals was still an amazing 28% against the Cowboys, which was another big-time game. Raspy, I expect Max Crosby to show up in a big way. But this Raiders defensive line, if we get the Raider defensive line that we got Sunday night back again on Saturday against the Bengals, I think that puts one foot in the wind column for the Raiders right then and there. They could control the game and set the tone right from their opening whistle. Couldn't agree more, man. Absolutely could not agree more. So ready to get into this, man. So ready to get into this. Hours down at this point, man. Well, isn't that one of your key matchups, though, when you look at the defensive line? I mean, and that's something that we want to bring up, you know, that now that this is a playoff game, we want to kind of do something different to get you guys ready. And I know that we were talking a little bit. I don't want to put words in your mouth, but wasn't that one of your key matchups for this entire game was was, uh, along our defensive line? Oh, absolutely, man. And these guys have got to step up. I mean, like you said, losing losing Darius Fylon was just catastrophic because the guy was just – I mean, he was just a man unleashed. But, yeah, I mean, I, that's how I think we win every week. I think that's – that is our main – that's our bread and butter on this defense. That's what makes this defense tick. That's what allows the, the big play from – kills us. We have to win there. That's where our playmakers are. And I really just hope that we can find somebody, whoever lines up where Darius was last, you know, last week, just go look at the film and just watch what that man was doing underneath and uh, try to emulate it to the best of your ability. Obviously, it ain't him out there, which is rough, but it's got to be that next man up mentality. But yeah, absolutely. Well, we win this in the trenches, and I think we win this in the trenches on both sides of the of the field. Let's be, you know, both sides of the ball. Let's be honest. We've got to to dictate on both sides, and and that's from the you know the fronts. So, well, maybe your matchup was on the other side, wasn't it? I, I think I may have actually got that wrong. Your matchup, your key matchup was oh yeah, involving yeah. Brandon Parker, right? Yeah, my matchup is is yeah, absolutely. Sorry, I. Didn't, I'm with you, though. Like, I'm totally with you on that because we have that without the play of the front four last week, we get throttled, period. I mean, I'm I'm sorry. That's just the long and short of it. But for me, one of my major keys against Trey Hendrickson, man, on the other end. I mean, yeah. let's let's not forget the last show, Nation. Max needed, I think it was six pressures there in the second half to uh, seven in the fourth quarter, or set, yeah, to to jump over Hendrickson. Well, that was the guy next in line, man. Trey Hendrickson is a lot like Max. He's that guy. He's that man, and he's over there causing all kinds of havoc. But from seeing what Parker did last week with Bosa. 
who had a lot to prove after running his mouth and like even kind of what Hart said in the show, he got a sack last week, but I don't really, I mean, I remember it, but I don't, you know what I mean? It, it was wasn't a strip sack. That's why I went back and looked. It was the strip sack with two it minutes was. to go. Yeah. Maybe that's why, because we got the ball. I was easily forgotten, which could have, you know, definitely changed things, but either way, man, if Parker gives up one sack to Hendrickson tomorrow and holds him out for the rest of the game, I'll be super happy with that. And, I just think that that's, that's going to be huge. He has got to be able to the other end because you know Colton Miller is going to go do his job. And it's Carr is going to need some time just to run this offense because it's it, – let's be honest, guys. It's looked a little difficult just to even get the shorter stuff. So he needs time. You know what I mean? He needs to be able to – quickly and, and get the ball out without having to run for his life. And although he played a lot better on his feet last week, we do not want to live or die by that. So Brandon Parker has got to hold his water against Hendrickson and keep him from doing what Max Crosby did to her. I, I mean, I agree. You know, Hendrickson, like you said, second in the league in pressures. And it, that really does put it in perspective what, what Raspy just said, guys. Max Crosby had to have a massive fourth quarter in terms of pressures, and he was doing it to get this to the playoffs. He wasn't doing it to beat Hendrickson, but he had to have a massive fourth quarter in terms of pressures just to secure the the lead in pressures. And he was the and which he did. He got he needed seven. He got eight. And you know it turns out that Max Crosby has the most pressures in Pro Football Focus history. He had to have that kind of finish just to clip Hendrickson at the at the at the at photo finish at the end or else Hendrickson would have been the, the guy that had the most pressures in the history of pro football focus and he does as much as we love Max with the pressures and the impactful pressures that he that he seems to have made his name on which is so important Hendrickson does get home a little bit more with the 14 sacks compared to Max's eight so it is important because the offense has sort of found itself a little bit here the last couple of weeks. You know, we had 23 against a very tough Colts defense facing a lot of those two deep safeties. Could have easily been 30 or more with the miss to Jackson and the penalty with Leatherwood. And then we do hit 30 plus against the Chargers who are notorious with Brandon Staley's two deep safety star safety uh, system. So the Raiders offense is finding its life. But I, I do I just to put a wrap on on my side, my keep matchup, you know, is on the other end of the trenches where I'm gonna say, you know, Crosby does have to do work against Isaiah Prince. That's gonna be really important. But Joe Burrow's already indicated that that they have a plan for Max Crosby. They're gonna chip him, still expect him to win, you know, his majority of those those reps, but they are gonna have a plan. So for me. Yannick Ngakwe against Jonah Williams becomes that much more important. So he won that matchup in week four. He harassed Burrow all day, got a sack. He's going to have to continue that. He can wreck the game. If they're going to put all their attention on the other side for Crosby, Ngakwe has shown and his track record has shown he can he can wreck a game just as easily as anybody else in the league, including uh, his, his partner in crime, his road dog, Max Crosby, and then also, Raspy, you mentioned it, you know, without having Darius file on, he was really starting to come on as a, as a really disruptive force, a big-time disruptive force in the middle 
I expect Solomon Thomas to, you know, Jefferson's obviously going to start in his three-tech spot like he would have. He had a sack against Burrow earlier this season as well. You know, we're going to need Hank to do his thing against the run, but I think Solomon Thomas is going to get a lot of the pass rush duty that Phylon would have had. He also had a sack the first time around against Burrow Raspy. So the horses are there. That We have what we need with the front four. They just have to turn it loose and get the guy on the ground. Get the guy on the ground a few times. That's very important. Absolutely, brother. Absolutely. And, I mean, you talk about Jan over there, man, with what he did, you know, in, in the – the first matchup against the Bengals, but and we absolutely need to do it. They, if they want to go and chip up and like you said, and double and clip and chip max all day, did this. Why we went and got you, Jan? We knew we had a youngster. We needed you to come in and hold the other edge down. So this is why we went and got you and you damn good job, but that's, you have to win, you know? And, and I agree with the Solomon Thomas and the Quentin Jefferson thing, but I was actually listening to the, to Gus, oh, soft-spoken Gus the other day. It's just so weird hearing his voice coming out of him because he's kind of jacked up and stuff, and his voice is just so calm and gentle. Right. <laughs> but uh, the first thing they said about uh, – somebody asked him about Phylon, you know, not being in there. You know what his first answer was? Damien Square. Damien Square. Yep. See, you're like me. You listen. But, yeah. So – and you know what? I saw Square come in – in the season and, and, and cause some, some ruckus too. So, you know, I, like I said, I don't care where it comes from, whether it's, you know, big saw cue ball, you know, young Damian square coming in there and handling his business. Vickers might even be a guy that could come and surprise some folks if he gets on there and run. So it's just gotta be, like I said, that next man up somebody and whoever it is, man, go and study what Mr. Phylon did last week, man, and just try to emulate it to the best of your ability because we need it big, man. These edges obviously have to all that underneath stuff has gotta be shut down and there's gotta be somebody causing pressure in order to do that because if Burrow can just take a stick and Find his, you know, find his read. It's going to be a really, really long day. So this has to be coming from each and every angle, bringing it to Burrow all day long. You know, it really does. And and you talk about Damian Square. I did see that same press conference. And the, I can't tell you guys how high my confidence level is with any of – and I mean this term very respectively, okay, respectfully. This is not an insult, but – Man, I, I can't tell you how high my confidence level is on all of Gus Bradley's goons that he's brought along from, from the Chargers. And when I say goons, I'm a, I'm a comic book guy, so I'm talking like, you know, Lex Luthor has his crew, those are his goons or whatever else. You know, like the, the group of guys that he's bringing around that are sort of loyal to him and his scheme. Every single last one of these guys has been not just decent, not just, yeah, they – they, you know, came in and Raspy's filled in and did uh, he did he did pretty good. These guys have been doing like above ex expectation. I'm a big believer in the above expectation metric. 
Some of you guys aren't as much as I am. Some of you even more than I. But I'm a I'm a believer in it. And if there, I mean, if there's just a blanket above ex- expectation just for your level base level of play, I mean, face on square, Phylon, Perryman, I mean, Casey Hayward defied expectations based on off of his age. Teamer, uh, right? Who? Teamer. Teamer. I mean, I mean all they, these guys. It's it's. It's everywhere, and and you make a very valid point. And I think that's with me too. Is it's like I was worried about Teamer coming in. And he had he had one play where it was like, oh man, you're killing us. But other than that, the guy played great, dude. So it's like Gus is just an evaluator of of defensive talent, man. And he seems like no matter who it is, who he throws into the next spot, they are game. They are ready and. It hasn't been a lot of drop-offs. So, man, what a difference a year makes, bro. Paul Gunther, man, I hope you're just, like, watching this and realizing what it actually takes and what it looks like to be a defensive coordinator because, man, you look like you were out there trying to teach a completely different subject as to what the hell was going on on the field. This is what it's supposed to look like, bro. I want to address that real quick because after the Raiders win, after the euphoria on Raiders Twitter started to kind of just seep back into reality that the Raiders had won and were going to the playoffs, you know, of course, the car debate pops up again. And, and guys, I have to say, I'm very disappointed, even as a car fan, I'm very disappointed at, at some of the, the people on Raider Twitter that were trying to put out the Raiders defensive stats to act like Derek Carr, you know, still, you know, the fact that he overcame this defense and the fact that, you know, all we're oh, asking gosh. for is an average defense. I'm still hearing this, Raspy. Fallon, wow. um, the, the woman that used to write for, uh, used to be a Raider beat writer, she said that. A couple other people said that. It's like, you know, all we're asking for is a, is an average defense. Let me get this. Let me, let me set the record straight for all you guys since you guys don't seem to have – I'm just going to – I'm just not even going to finish that sentence because I'm, this is a – respectful show let me just go ahead and put it out there like this the Raiders defense if you take out the two Chiefs games where we gave up 41 and 48 points if you take those two games out and I know that there's this I can already hear the guy in the back saying but you can't take those games out yes we can and I'll tell you why you know why we can because the Raiders offense didn't do anything in those games either and those games weren't there to be won were they so let's just go ahead if we're going to critique the Raiders defense let's go ahead and critique the Raiders offense in those games so I'm taking the two Chiefs games. I'm taking the two Chiefs games out of it, right? If you take the other 15 games that the Raiders defense played and you add them all up, what was the points per game allowed in those games? Did anybody bother to do that math, or did they just go and do the lazy math that that they saw on Twitter? Raiders defense gave up 23 points per game outside of that in every other game. That's more than enough for Derek Carr to go out there and win and make the playoffs. And guess what, guys? He did. Sorry, Raspy. No, I don't blame you at all, man. I can't even believe people are still on that, man. Like, man, go back and just I tell you, get our defensive stats for the last three years. Just go back and look at them and then compare them to where we're at. You can sit down and you can break down fine detail you want, man, and it'll tell you all you need to know. You guys have to get off of that, man. And I'm not talking to Nation. I'm talking about some of these – out there that just can't seem to, you know, look past the last week or, you know, see what even just transpired a day before. I don't get it. 
mind-blowing to me, man. This defense has been flat-out nasty, man. And at times in the season have been shut down defense. So if, if you're not going to give them their just due, then you're not watching the same games that I am. So, I mean, who wouldn't have taken 23.3 points per game this right. year a lot. And, and to put that in perspective, Raspy, how good is that? Last year, huh? What did we give up last year? We gave up 29 points per game 29. last year, but even, but even more than that, the league average in scoring this year was 24 points per game. The defense gave up better than average. It was a good defense. That's the definition. When you're above average, you're good. For the people yep. that, that can't seem to put that together, but I don't want to harp on that, but, Not you yet. know, Go off on that because you got a valid point. So go off on that. I like it. To act like this defense hasn't been playing winning football, even in the yeah. Charger game, guys, that that we the the Raiders defense handed the Raiders offense a fifteen point lead against a five thousand yeah, yard, thirty touchdown quarterback, and they were the highest scoring, the second highest scoring fourth quarter defense or offense in the history of the league. They were going to score. This is what they did. It's you know, You're, you wouldn't you wouldn't be in that for that defense so let's not forget who gave you the opportunity man and I get it Carr you know came through on it other guys made plays that wasn't there to be those plays weren't there to be made without that defense and if you don't see that then there's really no point in even talking about it there really isn't because if that was a year ago or if Gunther was still the defensive coordinator, let's just be real, guys. Herbert puts up 47 in that game, and we're watching everybody else again but the Raiders in the playoffs this weekend. Our so. defense is confused and pointing fingers at each other, and everybody's pissed off. Go back and look right. at the tape, guys. Look at the confusion while Paul Gunther was our defensive coordinator. It was a joke. Every other play, these guys are looking to the next guy saying, what were you doing? What were you, what were you doing? No, it was a joke, man. It's, it's, Bottom. it's laughable. This stuff is laughable. I can't even believe there's still people harping and actually having the gall to report on some nonsense like that. Those I mean, the bottom line is there's no need to tear down other units on the Raiders that fought hard and played very well and gave their sweat and blood to get the team to the playoffs just to prop up somebody else on the team. It's very strange that that would be the way that, that you guys, some of you guys would want to do that out there. But And it's sad to tell you the truth, man. It is. I mean, everybody contributed. You guys want to talk about complimentary football and just give them a defense and then you throw the defense under the bus when, when they did give them a defense. Don't understand yeah. it. But No. Speaking of Speaking of the Raiders' defense, Raspy, and, and quarterback play, the one thing that has me very concerned – I mean, there's a few things that have us concerned. You're always going to be concerned when it's a playoff game. If you're in the playoffs, the team that you're playing most likely can beat you, right, unless you're a heavy favorite playing a, a huge right. underdog or something like that. Everybody's got uh, – you know, everybody's dangerous in the playoffs, basically. But, you know, one thing that, that really – is, is uh, resonating with me here. We talk about how much the Bengals and Joe Burrow in particular, how reliant that they are on the explosive, the explosive play, particularly the, the explosive pass play, right? You know, Burrow has averaged four plus 20 yard passing plays, uh, four plus 20 yard passing explosive, in other words, explosive plays against every other team the Raiders held him to zero in their first matchup. So he has four explosive passing plays minimum against everybody else this season. 
a goose egg against Bradley. And it's even more important, Raspy, when I looked at the, the deeper numbers here, because Burrow is averaging 70, you know, if you look back, the only quarterbacks in recent history that have averaged a 70% completion percentage while also averaging eight yards, eight air yards per attempt. So every, he averages eight yards, the ball travels eight yards on average every time Joe Burrow throws the ball. The quarterbacks that average 70% completion percentage while maintaining that eight yards of air, eight, eight air yards going back are only it's Burrow this year, Raspy, then it's Tannehill in 2019, Deshaun Watson last year, 2020, and Drew Brees in his one and only Super Bowl campaign in 2009. Those are the only cats that have done that. I mean, Brady hasn't done it. Peyton Manning didn't do it. Elway didn't do it. Montana didn't do it. You name the quarterback besides the ones that I named, and they Patrick Mahomes has not done that. So that's concerning. And then you think, well, that's fine because we run the single high safety defense that Bradley and the way that Bradley deploys that coverage has, you know, traditionally done very well against, you know, limiting and, and preventing explosive passing attacks, which is very, very true. But it better be raspy because this year, Joe Burrow versus the single high defense, which we run more than anybody. We, we know that led the league in yards per attempt against the coverage this year at 9.9. Led in completion percentage over expected at plus 8.5%. Led in passer rating at 129.8. Led in EPA per attempt at with an eye-popping, guys, plus 76 against the single high defense when it was not disguised. But we know that Bradley does do a better job of anybody disguising and deploying that coverage. Raspy, I'll leave it to you, man. Who wins that battle of the Titans, man? Man, that's a big one. And I'm going to go out on a limb here. You know who I'm going to throw out there and who I think will win that? Mary. Trayvon. Mary. Trayvon. Mother trucking Mary. I said, it's a family show. <laughs> but Come on now. That, that, that man is, is every bit of that. He's that man. And, man, I don't think I've ever seen going back – a more dynamic, explosive sound, maybe not dynamic, but explosive and just sound player at this position that nobody talks about. Such an unsung hero for us, man. It's crazy. You don't hear his name called. He, man, I remember watching Reggie Nelson, and granted, it was towards the end of his year, man, but you, you know, into his career, but you, every, every week, was like, Nelson. Nelson gets smoked. Nelson got roached. Nelson got smoked. It's not an easy position to play, man. And this kid does it so effortlessly and so quietly that I just I think we win because of him. I, he's just that guy back there. And, and you know, I know people have picked on him, and we have a little bit too. This lack of ability to turn it over. He doesn't quite have that Earl Thomas you know, ability to turn it over and change the game. But, man, this this kid sure is sound and in his spot. You talk about doing your job, lining up and handling yours. This dude does it every single week, and nobody talks about it. He is, like, probably the biggest unsung hero on our team, you know. I, 
I, I just can't give Mr. Merrick enough run. Man, you have been an absolute stud. Go out there and win. Go out there and get a go go get a big pick. You know, do something big on the national stand. Let everybody know who you are because this young man deserves. That's where I think we can win. And I think with Hayward and Face on and just Gus disguising, like you said before. We can set it up to make it real difficult for these guys to lean on that big, big play that they're going to dagger you with. I, I like our chances, man. You know, I, I I I can't argue with any of that, man. This guy has stepped in for a rookie, and man, you you almost made me throw up in my mouth a little bit when you talked about you know when you when you invoked memories of of uh, Reggie Nelson back there. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a screenwriter by trade. So I, I'm a very visual guy when, when people bring up, cause I have to visualize my scenes as I write them. So I, I just instantly went back to Reggie Nelson, you know, getting oh, just, just roasted on the back end. I'll, I'll even raise you one raspy. Since you made me sick to my stomach, remembering Reggie Nelson, <laughs> I have another safety that I can bring up that makes me, oh, no. Man, this goes back to the Gruden era where we saw the same thing. Remember Anthony Dorsett and how many times we saw that number three, yeah. 33 trailing the play after it already gotten over his head, man? Yeah, I mean, Calvin, Calvin Branch had some moments himself, but yeah, Dorsett was probably by far the worst out of that. At least, <laughs> at least Reggie Nelson had an excuse. He was getting old and didn't have the step, you know what I mean? And he was still a predator at one time. So yeah, Anthony Dorsett. Chasing. Yep. Maybe that's why when I saw Teamer out there, I about threw up in my mouth a little bit. But I was just, yeah. So oh, yeah, yeah, you got me. Back, you, got, <laughs> you got me back on that one, man. Because I think I did have some, some, uh, some old school memories coming up and giving me that reflux. But, uh, but I love, <laughs> I love what we're seeing now. So that's what makes me confident. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, and and I do. I agree that. Normally, I mean, that could go either way. You could make the argument, Raspy, that because it went our way the first time, are you really going to strike out Barry Bonds twice? So you could really make the argument that that's actually advantage the Bengals because they're the ones that got to go into the lab and, and see what we did and draw up. They're the ones that make the adjustments. My dad right. used to always be big on, you know, when I used to – I grew up watching sports and got my love of sports from my dad. He was always big on, you know, when the whenever – the AFC West was having a rematch or whenever a sports team was, he was a Mets fan. Whenever the Mets would have to play a team that gave him trouble or something later on in the postseason, he was always a big believer that the, the, the team that lost the first one had the advantage because they're the ones that are doing all the, making all the adjustments. How do you make adjustments after you win? But it, it, unless you're risking getting away from the game plan that you won with the first time, but in this situation, Raspy, I think that I, I, I'm with you. I give advantage Gus Bradley in this in this battle of the Titans here, in this King Kong versus Godzilla matchup, Burrow and the explosive numbers versus the cover three single deep safety system against Bradley and his history with it because I, I think the weather is – the weather is gives Bradley an extra uh, an extra arrow in his in his quiver, so to speak. Because agreed, it's got to be stifling, man. When it's cold and it's and wet, windy. dude, you don't and windy you don't have the same. You're not, you know, it's not like you're playing in Vegas. You know what I mean? It's it's totally different. Right. 
Right, right. You know, my dad used to always talk about the 81, speaking to my dad again, he used to always talk about the 81 Chargers. He was a he was a Bronco fan at the time back then. Um before it's you know, some things happened with Elway later on that but anyway, he was a he was a Bronco fan at that time. He used to always talk about the 81 Chargers, how much that, that team scared him so much with Dan Fouts and they put up all these numbers. And they and they you know remember we weren't really around watching football, but if you go back and look at history, that team lost in the AFC Championship game when they had to go to Cincinnati and it was cold because they couldn't throw the ball around. They they were they they're kind of like what the Bengals are now. They they depended on that deep explosive play. You know Dan Fouts yeah. pushing the ball all Wind over the yard. The wind blow. Yeah, Jam. Um. um um, Winslow and then those receivers, Joiner and some of those guys that they had. So, the I think that 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 same factor plays in the Raiders' favor this time because Burrow's not. He's going to have to be the master of not just another. That's the other thing too. Yeah, Burrow has numbers, explosive, explosive numbers against the cover three single deep uh, system this year, but not against the master of the cover three, which is Gus Bradley. He's the best that's ever ran that coverage. He knows all the tricks and tweaks. That, that there is with that coverage, plus the cold weather and wind at his back. For those reasons, I agree with Raspy that I give the advantage in that pivotal matchup to Gus Bradley and the Raiders' defense. Hell yeah, man. And just to top that off, man, um, talking about your pops and stuff, man, RIP to Mr. Hart. What an amazing man. Didn't get to know him for very long, but an amazing man and uh, tremendous amounts of knowledge. We both had some – old men that were in the, that you know guided us through our lives man so r.i.p to mr hart appreciate it man same with with your dad big frank as well but it, it's just amazing like how some of that stuff that you know their old philosophies with sports and stuff sort of come back and ring true or you take something that you can from back then that's still some stuff with sports has changed and sub, some stuff doesn't really change no even doubt. as the decades change so Cold weather and, and explosive deep uh, vertical passing attacks doesn't always. The Raiders ran into it too against the Steelers and the Steel Curtain with the, some of that weather, you know. So that didn't help out at all. So Raiders history, which Raspy knows a lot about as well, being more of the Raider historian of us two, um, you know, talks a lot about that. But Raspy, the last thing I'm going to say, and you touched on this at, at, at the beginning before we get to our predictions and a couple questions here to wrap up this show. You said it at the beginning, man. Let the pressure be on them, man. Let the pressure be on the Bengals. We're, we're, we're playing with house money. They're the ones that have been hearing all week that they haven't won a playoff game with that organization since Bo Jackson was with the Raiders, like literally. You, haven't you seen that, that whole – tweet that's going around or I don't know if it's a tweet maybe it's from Facebook but on social media where it's literally there's never been a text sent about the Bengals winning a playoff game because the Bengals haven't won one since 1991 and the first text was sent in 1992 wow I mean they're the ones that have been hearing that all week right so they're the ones that have to inherit all that pressure from Dalton, the Red Rocket, and and Marvin Lewis, and that whole team, Vontez Perfect, they've they had so many cracks at that and couldn't break through that win. They did everything but win a playoff game. They made the playoffs every year, just couldn't get over that hump. So doesn't Joe Burrow and and the 
despite their youth, doesn't all that baggage get unloaded on Burrow's doorstep about not winning the playoff game in all this time? Well, yeah, absolutely, man. I mean, we're, nobody expected us to. This team was looking like they were expected to be here, you know, for the last month with the way that things were shaping up over in the North, you know, in the AFC North. So, yeah, man, the pressure is on them. We're coming into their house, man. This shit, this is set up for them to be, you know, they have to win, man. You go, you go lose this in front of your home fans, man, you're going to have some real pistols. So, yes, the pressure is all there. It's on a young up-and-comer, although I do like Burrow, and I feel like the kid has some ice water in his veins, too. Um, like where his head's at. Like, just he's pretty smooth. Doesn't seem to let a, a lot bother him. You know, and I, and, I, and, I, and I admire that about him. But the pressure, he knows it. Whether he's going to say it or not, he may be too smooth to even bring it up. But he, he's feeling it, man. This is a big deal for this team, man. Like you said, the – Mr. Andy Dalton seemed like he put the Bengals in the playoffs on a regular there for a while. It's one thing to get there. It's another thing to win and move on. And when that is hanging over your head, the pressure lies on you at home. Absolutely. And pressure usually does lie more on the home playoff team anyway. But I think right. – Well, yeah, it's positioning. You, you're there. You're a division winner. You know, you, you have – Climb some mountains, so to speak, already. You're supposed to win, right? That's what it says when you're the home team is that you're supposed to win. It doesn't right. always work out that way. But the other thing I'll say, too, is that aren't we kind of the worst team for a team like the Bengals to be playing right now? If you really just take two seconds to think about it deeper than, you know, just the surface level matchups or whatever, because, okay, again, they haven't won a playoff series since before text messaging was even invented. Uh all the losses with that Dalton team. And then you look at it too, suddenly they have the red hot team that nobody wants to play that's been winning win or die games for the last month that just had to win a playoff game to get to this point against a team that's just as explosive, if not more explosive than you. And, you know, all the pressure's on you to win this game. And, and there's no pressure on us. You know, there's expectations, man. So, in a way, you know, it's always you, – you never want to play that red-hot team with nothing to lose that's been winning these games for a month. You never want to play that team. But then you factor in the youth factor, the inexperience. The Raiders have a lot of – especially on their defense, Raspy, a lot of playoff experience. Hayward, K.J. Wright, there's – you know, the, the list goes on and on. Jefferson, these, some of these guys have been on Super Bowl-winning teams with Wright and Jefferson. So right. there's not a loss for playoff experience on this defense. Isn't this the worst sort of team for the Bengals, a team like that, to be playing right now? I, I think so. I think so. A team with nothing to lose is about the scariest team you can ever face. And right now we got nothing to lose, man. We've already stamped our ticket. We, you know, we punched that proverbial ticket. We're there. We have shown growth through a tumultuous season, I think we've already won. So, man, everything now, I think, like you said earlier, is just gravy. So go pour some gravy on this, on these mashed potatoes and biscuits, and let's go get to work. I think so, man. And, and, and you factor in, you know, the Bengals being young. This is the first do-or-die scenario that this group has ever played in the NFL. This In coaching staff, 
you know, the whole thing. So, it, and we've been, we're accustomed to this. This is just another game where if we lose, we go home. We've been doing this since mid-December, December, man. Yeah. yeah. So, exa- early December, you're exactly right. So, Ain't yeah. but to do it, right? Ain't nothing to it but to do it. And uh, did you have anything else on this matchup that was really sort of standing out to you? No, man, I really don't. I just, again, just want balance, man. Let's go out there and stay balanced, stay focused. Let's bring that run game that we were just stomping with last week in Vegas. Let's go ahead and pick that up, bring that pail with us, and let's go stomp, you know, in Cincinnati and put it on them, man, with some run game in the trenches and a cold game and a dirty game. I hope Josh Jacobs still has that same attitude. Put it on me. Man, if he's got that attitude and that's what it takes is him to call out a team and put it on him and this is what it, you know, culminates with, then you know what? Go tell him again, Josh. Give you the damn ball. Let's go. Absolutely, man. It's all there for the taking. I think in a weird way, as I said earlier, the cold weather actually favors the team that the Raiders have become. If this is the same Raider team from the first month of the season that it was either Derek Carr throws for 300 yards or we don't win, then I would say the exact opposite. But I think the weather favors the Raiders. We're going to get into our predictions here in a minute, but it's it's all there for the taking. Just go out there, play loose, play like – you know, there's no pressure on us and put the pressure on those guys. I'm telling you right now, if we come out there and jump up on these guys, 10 nothing or 14 nothing, kind of like we've been doing to the last couple teams, we did that to the Chargers, that stadium's going to be silent. And Joe Burrow, I've been on him since LSU. I was one of the first people on him. And he does have raspies right. He has ice water in his veins, but even he will start feeling the pressure. He's never felt this in the NFL. So it's, it's, it's different. So. All, pressure, bus, the Raiders. pressure bus pipes, especially when it's real cold out. <laughs> Absolutely, man. Good. That's very fitting, very fitting. And it's 100% true. And the only thing that's left is for us to per, to give our predictions. But first, we have a few questions, Raspy. Do you have time just to take a few playoff-flavored uh, questions here? Uh, playoff yeah. edition of Ask Raspy. Absolutely, man. Let's get into it. This is really fun, guys. We had a lot of questions, as we always do, as a matter of fact. But I I did go ahead and select. We had a lot of Basaccia questions, a lot of Harbaugh questions, um, and, and, and Fangio, stuff like that. We're going to get to that. Um, some Doug Peterson questions have popped back up again. Um, but... We're going to save those for the off season. I've decided, and I decided to, to pick some more playoff uh, focused questions just because of the nature of this weekend. So we're going to start with Amy Walsh from Facebook. Very simple question, but but uh, one that's I don't for some reason I don't hear debated as much. Maybe maybe it's just me, but Amy Walsh from Facebook just wants to know: Raspy, does playoff experience really matter? It's got to. I mean, absolutely, it has to. Okay. I'm sorry. I mean, I don't know. I mean, you could you could sit here and dissect it all you want, but I, I think, does it mean, is it the end-all, be-all? Absolutely not. 
But having guys, like you said, like Jefferson, like Wright, guys that have been there, guys that have seen some of this, just to kind of help kind of calm the storm. You've seen guys talk about this, too. Their first step on a playoff field, it's different. It's different. I've played on teams that have been in the playoffs and teams making a run towards a championship, and it is different. And that's on a way smaller scale. You know, you're talking high school, so it's totally different. But I, I think there's something to be said about it. Does Is it the end-all, be-all? No. But does it matter? Absolutely. Amy, I, I agree 100% with Raspy Raider. It does matter. And if you look at the history of – just look at the history of – not just the NFL, but pretty much that's one of those rules that goes pretty much through any sport. If you look at playoff hockey, I'm sure that I haven't looked at the numbers, but I'd be shocked if Wayne Gretzky didn't have an advantage, you know, or somebody with, you know, that's loaded with championships, Stanley Cups and experience wouldn't have an advantage on the new kid on the block. And if you look at the NBA, Michael Jordan couldn't even get past teams that had more playoff experience. He couldn't get past Larry Bird and those guys. He couldn't get past the bad boy Pistons until yeah. they aged out. So it does matter. But here's the thing, Amy, I, I, I don't want to sort of judge your question and sort of try to get in your mind and gauge where you're going with that because I'm guessing that you're worried that the fact that Carr hasn't been in the playoffs and some of the guys on offense, Renfro has not been to the NFL playoffs. Jacobs spoke about this is his – He's happy to finally taste his first helping of the NFL playoffs. But you're thinking, if that's what you're thinking, if that's what you're thinking, I think you're thinking about it the wrong way because Raspy just said the Raiders' defense is the – the Bengals have zero playoff experience. Zero with this team, right. this group. Burrow, none. Chase, none. Um, Higgins, Hendrick, none. Hendrickson might have made a – Maybe one playoff tour with Breeze, but that would have been it that I can think of. Yeah, he, he's got some, but it's very little. Their coaching staff has none as head coaches either, so there's not even an advantage there. Gus Bradley has won championships as a defensive coordinator, so the playoff experience isn't real big on either side, but it's actually advantage Raiders from, from where we sit. So, Amy, it's a great question. That's yeah, a, a topic that, man very simple but it's something that's very fitting for this weekend and isn't talked about it en enough and uh, we both think it does matter and we also think that it's advantage Raiders in terms of the experience in this one so right and Amy what I will say on the back end of that you know we obviously thank you for the question we appreciate them all um, there is something to be said about uh, maybe sneaking up on somebody too so I like if that you know I like where your head's at it's a good question <clears throat> Right. Very true. Very true. And the Raiders may be doing the sneaking up as well. That's what I'm talking about, man. That could be a good a good mix, being the team that has slightly more playoff experience and is sneaking up. You don't usually get both of those. A lot of unique things that are a lot of unique things that may be pointing the Raiders you know, in, in the Raiders' direction in this one. We'll see. You know, it could be wishful thinking too, but we'll see. Uh, we go to Twitter for the next question, and we go to at third down Renfro. And third down Renfro at third down Renfro wants to know, guys. This is kind of a similar question now that I think about it, but different enough to where I think it still works. Uh, third down Renfro just wants to know, guys, is the pressure greater on Carr or Burrow this weekend? That's a tough one, man, but I'm going to say on car. 
in, in that, in, in, in a sense, Burrow's young, man. He hasn't been in the league eight years. He's got his team there in a lot quicker time. But also, on the flip side of that, to play devil's advocate to that, is that Carr is starting to realize that he doesn't need to be what Hart is considered, like, you know, Hart has said before, the Joe Montana 2.0 for us to win a game. He doesn't have to be that. So I know I'm kind of going – Back and forth with the with the answer here, but I think it's kind of a two it's kind of a twofold thing. Yes, from the public's perspective, is it more important for Carr, you know, more pressure on Carr to win a game after eight years, you know, finally making it back to the playoffs with a game that he can actually be a part of, you know. So I don't think there's a whole lot on Burrow, just from the standpoint that he's only a couple years in, but for the franchise. I still, I don't know. It's a, that's a tough one, man. Because I, when I go to that, I just instantly start banging back and forth. Like, well, for their franchise, for the Cincinnati franchise, it's definitely more pressure on Burrow. But at the same time, he's so young, you know. So it's so hard to put all this pressure on a kid who's already changed the dynamic and the culture of this franchise and put them in a position where they're in the playoffs. And for Carr. Man, eight years, one playoff before this, couldn't play. Here he is now. But I also think, like we said earlier, man, it's house money. So it's all on Cincinnati, man. They, you know, Burrow's got the world on his shoulders right now trying to change the dynamic for all these unhappy Cincinnati fans. So even after all that dancing, I'm going to say Burrow. See, I'm going to disagree. I'm going to go with your... You see what uh, I'm saying, though, right? Thing. I mean, I'm just trying to give I you do. an answer instead of just dancing because this is Ask Raspy. It's not see what Raspy thinks, you know? But So I, I, I try to give an answer, but it's tough, man. It's definitely tough. I mean, I'm, I'm talking 49 to 50 or 51, 49 kind of thing because it's I could weigh them each, each way. But I think the key... Raspy is in third down Renfro's question says not on the Raiders or Bengals. It's on Carr or Burrow specifically. If, if you're sticking to the letter of the question there, I think it's for sure on Carr just because of what you said year eight. I mean, Carr has to wonder if, well, you know, it's not a lock that he sees the playoffs anymore. I think that the Raiders are better set up this time to make, make it, you know, be more of a perennial playoff thing where this is not, so new to us every year we're, we're used to making the playoffs every year but from Carr, everything that he's been through with the Raiders he would have to think you know he's got to really grab this thing by the horn and even furthermore Burrow's only in year two they're not going to be asking questions about him if, if he loses right. and Derek Carr has a, a little thing called an extension that that's still not guaranteed I'm mean, he's done a lot yeah. to put that there if he flames out and throws five or six picks and just looks terrible and looks like, you know, basically pisses down his leg in this game, who knows what the last bit of data that's going to sway the next coach or Mayock or whatever that's going to have to sign that extension check. So I think that overall pressure is on, I agree if he was on Cincinnati, but I think just between those two guys, I'd have to say slightly car. No, and I think you're right. I think that third retro was stating that more uh, person to person, you know quarterback to quarterback, and I, I kind of went team to team, you know what I mean, which it is different. Right. So, yeah, I, I agree. Is. 
And you, and you and you saw me dancing too because, like I said, I, I guess I just am so afraid to put pressure on Car and put it all on Car. Like I don't even want to jinx it internally. I'm like, no, it's all on them. It's all on them. But let's be honest, there's a a boatload of pressure, man. I mean, a, a truckload, numerous truckloads. He he could go and shut everybody up, dude, or he can have a whole bunch of these skeptics pile right on. If like you said, if he goes and has a lousy game, so you're right, man. Let's be honest. That's Especially cool. given the weather and the questions, I didn't even you're put right. that in there. The questions with the weather, I know, right? No, you're right. I guess, like I said, I think that's that's the that's the deep down hardcore Raider fan of me. Is just like. We talked about expectations with car and pressure and all that. I just was like trying to do anything I could to not actually put it on him myself. <laughs> right, right. I don't know, man. I'm just, I'm like, I'm not real, uh, you know, what are they, what are they kind of, I'm not trying to put a rabbit's, you know, foot in my back pocket or nothing, a real superstitious, but I don't like to put anything on anybody, especially when we've gotten to where we are right now. <laughs> yeah, I hear you. Let's be honest, you. man. There's times where I tell Hart, I'm going outside. Let me know what happens because I feel like if I watch, we're not going to score. <laughs> so let's yeah. be honest. There's a little bit there. Hart knows what I'm talking about. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Um, to wrap up, well, actually, we do have a quick fourth question that I'm going to deal with just real quick. It's only going to take a second. But um, before we get to that, Raider Tom from uh, Facebook wants to know, is 2019 Josh Jacobs back? I'm not going, I'm not going all the way there, but I tell you, there's some, <laughs> glimpses, there's, there's some glimpses of him right now. And he goes and makes a playoff run and shows us he can do it and sustain it for, you know, this playoff run. Then we'll talk about it, but I ain't going there yet because we just, uh, I'm not doing that. He's played really well, and we've given him his props as hard as we've been on him, you know, recently. He's doing his thing. So I ain't, I ain't quite there yet, Raider Tom. Is this Tom Cable reaching out asking these questions? Right. <laughs> he's, like, he's like he's wondering, too. Raider <laughs> but, uh, Tom, Tom Cable avatar, right? <laughs> but uh, I ain't quite there yet. But I tell you right now, he comes out and – Throws another buck twenty on the on the stat sheet with some shiver. I'm gonna be. It's gonna be hard to to say that he's not back there. Picturing Tom, picturing Tom Cable right now, listening to Silver and Black Hack, <laughs> driving down the strip. You know, eagerly waiting for Ask Raspy so his question gets answered. Is Josh Jacobs back? I needed. I'm the old line coach, but I need to hear from Raspy Raider. Is he back? He ain't back until Raspy says he's back. I'm glad you. I'm glad you like that, man. Yeah, that I like that a lot. Have some fun, right? With this man, if anything, right now it's fun, man. So let's have some fun. Absolutely, the playoffs, Raider playoff football is always fun, and I agree. I'm not quite there yet either to say that 2019 Josh Jacobs is back yet. Now, it, it we're seeing a lot of evidence that that it could be happening again and the evidence that there's no you know, he's what second in the in the league in rushing over this four week or four game winning streak stretch. He's also top 5 in rush EPA and yards per attempt. But the thing that I really look at that has me most excited, I'm not ready to say it yet, but I'm 
very excited and I'm almost ready to say it is he's missing. He's, he's forcing missed tackles again. You know, he had 12 forced missed tackles against the chargers last week. And just over the last month, Raspy, he's gone from ranking somewhere in the low twenties, as far as uh, his percentage of forcing missed tackles, right? Over the last month, he's been so elusive again. He's gone from the low twenties up to third, just in a month. Wow. Wow. So that's some strong evidence. Yeah. That he's uh he's working right towards that, and I don't know what in the hell it was and where it went, but I am sure as heck glad it's back. So, love the question, Tom Cable. Let us know. Yeah, Raider Tom Cable. That's a that's a good question, and uh, but I'm with Raspy. If we see it on Sunday and it leads to a, it helps out with the Raider win, which it all it most certainly would if he has another big a big game, then I might be ready to say that uh, 2019 Josh Jacobs were on full alert in 2022 for him to be back uh, at full steam again. But we need to see it in the playoffs for me to to get there. So uh, great, great question, guys. We have one more that I just want to get to real quick. It's an analytics question. Um, so I just kind of feel obligated to, to read this one out. I was going to say, yeah, so you got to answer this one too. <laughs> yeah, I, I absolutely that, do. Ask heart, we're going to do a little ask heart segment real quick. Yeah, just real quick here. And this is from uh, John Sims from Facebook, and he just has an analytic question. Um, I think this is a question that a lot of people have, uh, that maybe just haven't gotten around to asking it, but he just wants to know what's the difference between a hurry and a pressure. And, and I'm sure that that comes up just because of, you know, Max Crosby leading the the league in pressures and setting the pro football focus record for pressures. But then you see the stats where it's like Crosby has 11 pressures, five hurries, two sacks. And you, so what's the difference if you're not, if, if you're not hurrying the quarterback, what is the pressure? Well, it, it, it's, I don't know why they, they probably should have come up with a different word for it. But the, the, the answer is the difference is a hurry is anything that makes the quarterback throw the ball before he wanted to, or gets him off his spot to throw it. And a pressure quite simply is, Basically, anything that involves a quarterback being hit, sacked, or hurried. So a hurry is, again, a hurry is anything that causes the quarterback to throw the ball before they're ready or gets forces them off the spot to throw it. And a pressure is hurries and quarterback hits and sacks. So a pressure is hurries plus those other factors. And a hurry is just the hurry. Without That means you didn't touch the quarterback or any of that, obviously, didn't yeah, get the sack. Yeah, you didn't force to, like, push him out and make a quick decision he wasn't ready to make. Right. So, and and I, if you didn't know that, that. you would think a pressure, that's what a pressure is, right? If you didn't know that, you would think, well, pressure is when you're bearing down on the quarterback and he's got to throw, or we talk about impactful pressures, making an inaccurate throw, but that's what that means. A hurry is, you can do all that as long as, long as you didn't touch the quarterback in any way, it's just a hurry. Right. And I think I think that's another thing too, Nation. And I I really do truly feel like this is gonna be like an evolution in a sense, man, where you are combining two into one and you're showing it 
at a way better clip as far as what it looks like to cause an impactful pressure. Cause it's, it's like a hurry and a pressure combined with causing disruption and, and a change of direction. And it's quantifying the quality of the pressure, yes, right? Exactly. So I just, I love this heart is building the model guys. We are working on it. It is a big, big deal. It's something we're super proud of something that we have put our stamp on before anybody that I have heard. I don't heart, I don't know about Hart if he's heard anybody else. I haven't else heard anybody else either, man. This is ours, dude. This is ours. There may be a little but this is ours. And we're on wax with this. And, you know, I'm I'm not sitting here saying we reinvented the wheel. But I just, I think there's something to be said about that because it does get confusing. It's like, well, what's a hurry? What's the pressure? It's like, we'll call it an impactful pressure. You know? Right. It, 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 yeah, I just, I think that this is going to kind of change some of the dynamic of how the verbiage is is put out there on the stat sheet, and I just, I love it, love the interaction, love the fact that you guys love it and want to know, and hey, man, we're here to answer your questions. We just appreciate the hell out of you guys. So, so happy to answer your questions each and every day. If I could do it every day of the week, I would, bro. I promise you. And, uh, but yeah, just super excited to be a part of this, man. So glad you guys have, uh, have continued to, rep us man and follow us and you know and be there with us and back us up man and engage and interact it's it's awesome this is what Hart and i have always envisioned for what we wanted for the show and where we want to take it we are we are just getting started man we ain't going anywhere so nation come with us man let's turn this thing into the biggest snowball we can and let's just keep pushing raider nation forward let's go win a damn playoff game man take this crazy blizzard we've stirred up in the last four weeks and let's go play in the cold man we're gonna be all right i have a good feeling about the way we're gonna go handle ourselves i trust our defense i trust car to manage I trust that we can be balanced and go make it happen so again nation love you guys appreciate you all for everything Keep repping, keep supporting us, man, and we will keep giving you as much content as we possibly can and engage in any way we can. So just excited, man. Tomorrow's a big day. Let's we have go to give our predictions. It, oh, yeah, shoot. I'm sorry, man. I got all jacked up there. I was, like, ready to wrap it up. Got yeah, we haven't given our predictions well, yet. I'll tell you what, here's my outro early, but we're going to get predictions, and Hart always takes us out anyway, so it's all good. But I definitely got a prediction for you. Um, I'll let Hart kind of wind that up. I'm my bad, man. I was getting all antsy there. And I'm not even trying to get off the cast. I'm just, just no, I'm, yeah. I'm, so ready. I'm so ready to play this game. I'm literally like counting hours down, dude. Driving me yes. I'm I'm fired up too. Yeah, we're not going anywhere, and we sure ain't going anywhere without giving you a prediction for the first <laughs> Raider wildcard right. game from 2016, the second in 20 years. What do you got, Raspy? I think it's just judging by your points over this show. I think I know where you're going, but I never know until I know. What's my prediction? Yeah. Who you got? It's going to be another one of those. Chew your fingernails off. Maybe have a minor stroke or two. We win the game 30 to 27. Wow. I like it, man. So that's a pretty high-scoring game in those conditions. Banging on Carlson again. And I know it's kind of crazy to think that in the snow. I 
get loose somehow, some way. You saw how last week transpired. I didn't get it. The weather was way better. I just, for some reason, just seeing this being a slugfest and us having to keep pace. So I don't think that this team is going to let you get away with holding them to 20 points. So you're going to have to win it another way. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, um, see, I... I I also have the Raiders winning. If it goes the way that you're saying, I don't think we're going to win that kind of game in the in the cold. But um, but I do agree with you that the Raiders win. I, I think that, you know, it's funny. I was laughing because you said, I don't see any way that the Raiders uh, hold this team to 20 points. I do. I have the Raiders winning 24 to 20 in this game. I just think it's going to be the cold, man. I think it's going to be the cold and the wind. Um, if they come out and try to force that deep ball, it just may not work as well as it has. And then you, you factor in how good the Raiders have been. I mean, you said it yourself. It was what uh, – what was the score in the fourth quarter in the first game and before we let the wheels fall off? 16 to 14 or 16 to 13. It was a field – I mean, it was less than a field goal or less game, and then the wheels just fell off. It was a close game. I do. I think that the pressure gets to the Bengals. I think the layoff gets to the Bengals. I think the Raiders get off to a faster start or a quick start. It's not going to be a blowout by any means, but I think that the Raiders' offense has shown life. I don't think we get to 30. I hope we do. I hope Raspy's right and when it comes to that over me because if they get to 30, they win. But I also look at Derek Carr's record when, when he gets to over 21 points. I think 24 does it. I think that the Raiders turn them over a couple times in some key spots and, and win this game with the running game 24-20. to 20. Max Crosby has, either Max or Young will have a strip sack in this game. I can't really tell which I'm, you know, my crystal ball is a little cloudy there, but one of those two guys get, I see a Raider edge getting a strip sack. Maybe it's Malcolm Koontz. I don't know. I see a Raider edge getting a strip sack that heavily contributes to this thing. Vegas goes on to the next round, 24-20 to 20, over the Joe Burrow-led Bengals. How fitting that. It doesn't matter what the – it would have been 10-13 to 13, or it would have been 17-14 to 14, or it would have been 20-17 to 17, or it would have been 24-21. This is going to be a <laughs> – if it's anything like what we this is going to be the cardiac arrest type game, and it's going to come down – to a few points at the end, man. But how fitting would it be to find our way to go and uh, punch our ticket to, you know, to the divisional round, man, by knocking off a team at their house? It's it's, it's all the – it would be very fitting for Raider history, and it would be very, very fitting for this Raider team this year with how they've played, winning at Dallas, you know, winning in some of these tough uh, – um, spots and, and locations in, at Indy this year. So it, they've even been a pretty good team on the road this year. So guys, we'll, we'll let you go with that. Keep it with us here. You know, hopefully we're going to be celebrating the first Raider playoff win since the Gannon era. But regardless, guys, you guys know where to turn after the game for the best Raider recap show in all of Raider Nation, and of course, that's right here with the Silver and Black Hack Show. Uh, Raspy Raider and I will will have everything that you need. We'll recap every everything that came out of this game, good, bad, or ugly, win, lose, or draw. You know that we have your back, and you know where to find the best Raider content. So enjoy this playoff game this weekend, guys. It's Raider fans of, of 
out of anybody we know that you have to cherish these games because we don't know when the next playoff game, nobody's guaranteed a, a playoff berth in any given year. And we know that as well as any. So do you have any last words, Raspy, or are you just ready to, to kind of, you know, let's get this thing on the road. Hey, sorry for trying to punch the show out early, man. My bad. <laughs> I'm so ready to get to like just I want to do some more diving in and just get into this game. But no, man, the only thing I got to say is let's, let's just go win, man. Let's just go get it. Let's go get a dub in Cincinnati and, and show to all these haters and all these skeptics and critics that, man, you damn any other team. We're the ones here, man. We're the ones you don't want to play. So you're going to have to see us before you can go see anybody else. So let's go get it, man. Let's go put it on a team that we, quite frankly, were right there neck and neck with, you know, earlier in the season before, you know, a couple turnovers just let the lid pop off, man. It's time to go and show everybody that this last month, I don't as if you could say that. It's not a fluke, man. This team is playing well. Him in Cincinnati, man. Let's go shut him up in Cincinnati, baby. Let's do it, man. And yeah, guys, how do you know the playoff pressure is real? Even even playoff grizzled, you know, veteran Raspy Raiders showing playoff nerves there at the end of the show, trying to <laughs> trying to end <laughs> prematurely. But even right. Raspy Raider is not immune to the playoff nerves. We all feel it out no. here, guys. So. Hopefully that's what, that's what Burrow's feeling too. Burrow, you know, feels the same playoff nerves that Raspy Raider. Yeah, hopefully, he, hopefully he's trying to rush things too. That would be yeah, perfect. right. Throwing prematurely, whatever. Oh, Throwing wow. INT. Yeah, so. That would be amazing for sure. So, for my co-host Raspy Raider guys, this is Raider Hard and. We'll be watching the game with you guys as we always do in spirit, and you know we'll be doing some tweeting. I'm sure during the game as well so we'll be watching the game right along with you guys and what else can we say guys it's 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 playoff football the Raiders are back in the postseason wild card weekend and a w very winnable game so what else is left to be said other than you know it has to be said just win baby <laughs>